Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. That's what we heard in the epistle today from Hebrews. And what we have heard is the word of God. The word spoken to us by God through his prophets, apostles, and evangelists. That we must pay closer attention to. For if we do not, if we are not tethered to it, if the word of God is not in our minds and in our hearts, if the word of God is not our anchor holding us fast, then we will drift away from it. Little by little, slowly but surely. Because that's the way it happens, isn't it? We're not believers one day and unbelievers the next. We usually don't go from right to wrong in one great leap. We usually move an inch at a time. Doubting what God has said and his love. Listening to what we have heard from the world, not God. Giving in to our desires. Maybe it seems harmless at first. Drifting always does. You don't notice. But before you know it, hearts once tender and open to the word of God have grown hard in sin and unbelief. And the people and world God created good is so no longer. So it was when the Pharisees approached Jesus one day, as we heard in the Holy Gospel today, and notice what they ask. Their question is not about what is good, but what is lawful. Or in other words, What do we have to do? What can we get away with? What loopholes are there? Their question is really not about marriage. They're not interested in that, but with testing Jesus, tripping him up, finding that gotcha question that will finally give them the victory over him. They did it before, and they'd do it again. All kinds of questions they asked Jesus. Marriage was just the topic of the day. So, is it lawful, Jesus? What do you say? But Jesus isn't about the law. Jesus is about the good. What's good? What he made good. Because that's who Jesus is though the Pharisees don't know it or won't know it. He is the God of all creation standing before them. The God who created them. The God who gives good gifts, like life and marriage. Gifts that are to be received with thanksgiving. But how far the Pharisees had drifted. But still, surely they know divorce is not good, right? They know that, right? 
But is it lawful, Jesus? Can we do it anyway? But did they know? How about us? Look at our world today. Look at marriage today. Do we know? What are we hearing from the world? Well, lots of things, right? But many are not saying that marriage is good, but that it is not good. Not the way God designed it anyway. One man, one woman, one flesh, no one else allowed in for a lifetime. No. I can marry whoever I want. I don't need a piece of paper to have sex or children. Go digital. Now, even use lifelike robots so there are no messy emotions or strings attached. Divorce? Divorce is good. When I fall out of love, when I get tired of the other person, when someone better comes along, marriage is not good. It's the old ball and chain. Have your fun now because once you get married... How far we've drifted from the good God created. When God created someone the world had never seen before, a woman, and walked her down the aisle of Eden and gave her to Adam and Adam to her, and they rejoiced in one another and were with one another. And from their oneness came more good children. Many don't consider them good anymore either. But accidents, inconveniences, that rather than affect my life, can be put away with surgery or now with a pill. And you know what? It's lawful. So what's a God to do with such hardness of heart with people like us? Because it's not just marriage, right? Because how far have we drifted from God's word in, in so many ways? And yet find ways to justify ourselves. Not asking whether what we're doing is good or not, but is it lawful or can I get away with it? So Jesus doesn't answer with the law, but with the good. He takes them back to the beginning, before sin, to the good God created and gave. Yes, creation is fallen and marriage with it. Marriage bonds are broken today, and not just by divorce, but by all kinds of abuse, desertion, adultery, and unfaithfulness. And remember, adultery doesn't just happen in the body, but in the mind and in the heart, as do all sins. The world's a mess. We are a mess. Fallen. And just because we call something good, doesn't mean it is. What's good is what God calls good. 
things are what he says they are. And even in a fallen and sinful world, God still gives good. And marriage is still a good gift from God. Not when we take it and do whatever we want with it, what we think is good. But when it is received as God gives it. For remember when Adam and Eve took what was not given to them? Yeah. And when we take what is not given to us, whether that's worship, honor, sex, money, power, control, whatever it is, it is not good and results in not good. So back to my question. What's a God to do? Well, I know what he should have done. He should have written us a certificate of divorce and sent us away. Let us have what we think is good and destroy ourselves now and forever. But he didn't. Instead, he caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. His son. Made man. The second Adam. A three-day sleep in death. That rising again, we might have life again. Good life. Born again, born from above life. At children of God, life. New creations from his side, life. From the water and blood that flowed from his side, life. That we might be good and holy brides. Washed clean from our sin and ungoodness. And being one flesh with him. Good again. You know, in this world in life, death usually separates a wife from her husband. But this death, Jesus' death, unites us to him. For he joined us in our death to unite us to himself in his resurrection. To leave the ungood from cold, hard hearts in the cold, hard grave. And raise us from our fallenness to good again. That we might have what really is good. That we may have life. Not because of a loophole in the law. But in the forgiveness of our sins. Or as we sang in the opening hymn. His strong word bespeaks us righteous. Or good. The washing away of our sins. Of our not good. By word and water and blood. The water of baptism. The word of absolution. And the blood of his supper. And this for every sin. None accepted. Every sin and failure of marriage. Every sin in thought, word and deed. Every sin of doubt and failure to listen to God's word. For the sins of our bodies and the sins of our souls. For sins done in weakness and sins done deliberately. Jesus died for them all. For all that is not good in us, no matter how ugly it is, he took it to the cross. He took it that it might be on him and not on us. 
but infected and corrupted by our sin. He be made perfect as we heard through suffering and death. That we be made perfect through his rising to life again. And you are. Because God says you are. His strong word makes it so. And the gift of good he gives you now. His gift that we can't do, only receive. Which doesn't mean, as you sometimes wrongfully hear, that we can sin all we want because we know we'll be forgiven. If that's what's in your heart, then you've drifted a long way from God and His Word, from God and His good. Rather, as we heard again in the reading from Hebrews, because He was made like us in every way, And because he suffered when tempted by the very same temptations that beset us. He is able to help us who are being tempted. That we not give in. That we not lose the good. He anchors us to God and his word that we not drift away. But remain firm in him. And so rather than sin all we want because we know we'll be forgiven, he is able to help us keep the sixth commandment. You shall not commit adultery, which means to lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do and husband and wife, love and honor each other and all the other commandments too. Not because it's the law, because we have to, but because it's good. It's the good life. Again, not the good life of self-indulgence, but the good life that is his gift to us. Not the good life of self-indulgence, but a life of love. Of laying down our lives for others and helping them not to sin and drift. But remain anchored to God and his word. It's the life Adam and Eve had before they took what was not given to them. The godly life. The life of Christ. The life we live here now in Him. And which we will live in Him and with Him forever. For as we sang in the intro it earlier, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And He has built our houses the house of your body, the house of your family, the house of our church, the house of his kingdom, all his gifts to us. And God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And when there is evening and morning, the setting of the seventh day and the rising of the eighth day, the new day of resurrection and eternity, when all that is old and not good will pass away and all that is new and good will rise, then we will see the good that has been here all along. And you will live the good life. Finally, fully, and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.